Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2597. This is a Bad Batch spoiler-free zone. Yes, the season finale of the Bad Batch drops today, but hey, you probably want a dose of Star Wars joy that you know you can listen to if you haven't seen the Bad Batch yet. So we're going to do a Star Wars potpourri episode, check up on some news updates that by themselves wouldn't have been enough to comprise a whole episode, but hey, we've got some stuff to talk about nonetheless. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So never fear, we'll be talking about The Bad Batch on tomorrow's episode so you can listen to this one completely spoiler free, safe zone, all that good stuff. Instead we've got four stories on tap that we can talk about here, reported in IndieWire and The Hollywood Reporter and Wired UK and also on StarWars.com, all things that I thought were worth flagging for your attention. I'll start with the most recent one first. So Wired UK had a piece on Taika Waititi. They were interviewing him related to his movie Free Guy that actually comes out today where he plays the villain in that thing and says, hey, it's nice to act for once because it's a lot less stressful for me than directing or it's a lot less work, I guess I should say more accurately. And of course he was asked about what's going on with this Star Wars movie. And here is what it says in the Wired article. It says, having finished filming on Thor Love and Thunder, Waititi is now focusing more on his Star Wars film. Here's the quote. It's still in the exterior space stage, he laughs, referring to the format scriptwriters use to set up a scene. But we've got a story. I'm really excited because it feels very me, unquote. And then he's asked whether it's a challenge to marry his irreverent tone with the operatically sincere Star Wars universe. And he says, I tend to go down that little sincerity alleyway in my films. I like to fool the viewer into thinking it's this and then going, darn it, you made me feel something. So knowing that there is a story, but not necessarily a script, can kind of help us set the timeline a little bit because there's a lot of pre-production work that has to go into this thing and we know it's not going to be in 2023 because that's Rogue Squadron. So we're looking at 2025 in all probability at this point, unless we get surprised by something else. But that seems to be the thing that is closest to being in motion after Rogue Squadron. Yes, we know that Michael Waldron, who wrote the Loki series, has been tapped to write Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie, so there's a little motion there, I suppose, but we don't know necessarily when he's going to be working on that. And Loki is being renewed for season two, so you know we would presume, I think safely, that Michael Waldron would be involved in that as well, but yeah, don't know for sure. So and then, of course, there's the whole Ryan Johnson trilogy about which we know nothing, and he's working on Knives Out too, so yeah, <laughs> all of that is still in the mix, but it does look like Taika Waititi's movie seems to be the one best positioned for 2025. The next item is a Hollywood Reporter item, and this was also dated August 11th, so earlier this week. And the piece was about the launch of the What If animated series on Disney+, Plus, which is all Marvel-focused. And 
Yeah, buried in that thing was this particular paragraph where they're talking about characters that are animated but make the jump into live action. And they give the example of Harley Quinn debuting in the 1990s Batman animated series decades before debuting in Suicide Squad, while Ahsoka Tano, there's the flag, the fan favorite Jedi appeared in animation in 2008 before Rosario Dawson made the jump to live action in The Mandalorian Season 2. And here's the key kicker new thing. Now Dawson is leading a live-action Ahsoka spinoff for Disney Plus with sources saying Lucasfilm is looking for an actress to star opposite Dawson as Mandalorian warrior Sabine Wren. Now, I don't know how you just casually drop that in eight paragraphs into a story about an animated series that has nothing to do <laughs> with Star Wars anyway, but there you go. Maybe The Hollywood Reporter was in the same situation that we are, where let's just, you know, put all the news that's fit to print in there that, you know, doesn't fit into one place neatly <laughs> and go from there. But yes, there was a brief hurrah around that. Like, oh my gosh, they're looking to cast Sabine. But this is probably, you know, the thinnest of thin mentions at this point, because usually when the Hollywood trades have something like that, like, oh, they're casting for Sabine or they're casting Boba Fett when they were doing that for Mando season two, usually they have a headline story where like that's what the piece is focused on and this is definitely dropped a lot more casually a lot deeper into an unrelated thing so yeah I think you can hang your hat a little less on this one than you usually can but yeah it's still notable to say the least and it makes sense because of the way that Star Wars Rebels ended and all the conversations we've had about finding Ezra and where we are in that whole journey and whether it's leading up to a grand event whether that's part of the big grand plans that they have for the climactic live action event that they talked about at the investor day but we still don't even know where we are in the whole Ahsoka series planning thing there's not a showrunner announced or anything like that. Presumably Dave Filoni is going to be deeply involved, but yeah, <laughs> there's still a lot of unknown unknowns about that one. Then there was a piece in IndieWire, and this was back in July, and if you remember, there was a brief internet fury over this one, fury in a, in a decent way, where a YouTube user who works on deep fakes made his own take, I believe it's a he, uh, his own take on the ending of season two of The Mandalorian with Luke Skywalker, and he did his own deep fake, and apparently it came off even better than the original one that was broadcast in Mando season two so much so that he got hired by Lucasfilm. IndieWire actually got a statement out of Lucasfilm. Here is what they said. Industrial Light and Magic is always on the lookout for talented artists and have in fact hired the artist that goes by the online persona Shamook. Uh, that's a Lucasfilm representative said in a statement. <laughs> and then it goes on. Over the past several years, ILM has been investing in both machine learning and AI as a means to produce compelling visual effects work. And it's been terrific to see momentum building in this space as the technology advances. Now, I suppose the immediate conclusion that you might want to jump to is, oh my gosh, who else are they going to deep fake <laughs> as a result of this? And I don't know if we can, I mean, yes, we can certainly jump to that <laughs> question. And it's a legit one but 
It's ILM, and ILM does work for so many other companies, including Marvel, for example, and Marvel has done its own de-aging stuff with Michael Douglas and Robert Downey Jr., just to name a couple. So yeah, this is something that isn't just a Lucasfilm-related thing. So yes, we can start to wonder about de-aging on various Star Wars characters, but really, this is about a much bigger universe of business for ILM beyond just Star Wars. Personally, for me, I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed for Luke and Grogu returning in a later season of The Mandalorian. Fingers crossed! And the last one I want to share with you comes from the official website from StarWars.com in an interview with Kevin Scott that was conducted earlier this month or published earlier this month. And he talks about the ending of The Rising Storm. Now, we are in spoiler territory here, but it's been a while since The Rising Storm came out, so I think we're okay here, right? So he talks about the moment where, you know, Odin dies basically and says that moment is so central to everything we've been planning for the High Republic. That last page was right there in the first days of discussing the High Republic and that I found really awesome because how many times have we seen those videos of them having the meeting at Skywalker Ranch and the whiteboards and all that stuff and to think that this is an element that was there from the very beginning like that's exciting to me at least. I hope it's interesting to you and he goes on to say that uh, we said the first wave of books was like the pre-title sequence and I really believe this second wave is the first act. There's a lot more to tell. And what is the inciting incident in the High Republic? Is it the Great Disaster or is it the last chapter of the Rising Storm? That's a question I think people should ask. And seeing as how Kevin Scott is posing that question, thinks that's the question we should ask, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Chime in at the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com or wherever you see something about this episode on social media or on YouTube, you know, just let me know what you think. And I'm putting together my own thoughts about this. I'll say initially that I think it sort of depends on your point of view, whether you're talking, is it the Jedi's inciting incident? Is it the Nile's inciting incident or what? So yeah. Yeah. We'll dig into it soon, but I'd love to hear what you think in the meantime. So drop me a line and let me know. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show. If you are intending on seeing the Bad Batch season finale, I hope it's awesome and I hope you enjoy it. I'm recording this before it drops, so I have no idea what you're walking into or what I'm going to be walking into, but we will definitely talk about it tomorrow on the show. For now, though, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode, as always, and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star 7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited Other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.